0: I appreciate each who shared, and uh, i got to admit, I should have uh, done a little different order of service. That's uh, some tough acts to follow there. I, I hope I've got something that will hold your attention after that. Um, I did not cry during during any of it. I did come close, I'll admit, but uh, if, you, if you didn't notice, I'm sure you did, but uh, that last message, I mean, a lot of messages, all of them were great, but that last message was something special. I, I don't know that I've ever heard a pastor spend so much time in an invitation making sure that the teens knew they did not need to come forward, that it was only if they meant it, that they, they, he had them spend a minute or two saying, are you, is this a yes, a no, or a not now? And if it's a yes, come forward, then he would ask them, but decide now beforehand. And I mean, all of our group, almost all of the camp came forward, very meaningful time. And pretty much the entire message was on how hard it can be to stand for God. It wasn't this big rah-rah, it's going to be easy, it's going to be great, God's going to help you, God will, but it was warnings of difficult, gut-wrenchingly hard things that can and will happen if you stand for God. And you can see just how much God used that message and how much God used uh, the week. I actually counseled in that time, not with one of our teens, but uh, with a young man from uh, Waynesboro, Pennsylvania, not our Waynesboro, but one I lived in for a brief time. And he's actually a pastor's son heading to Pensacola this fall uh, to study for where the Lord's calling him. Just an awesome week of camp. Let me just share a little bit. Of proof, if you want to call it that, of how God is using the Edge Christian Camp. Just a great ministry. But if you know anything about camp ministry, five years is pretty young. And it was two days ago on Friday, they celebrated their five year camp anniversary. And in five years, they've not only faced COVID, which made it tough, as you can imagine. They were able to do some day camp things last year, but obviously plan B at best. But COVID, but even before that, the property that they were able to rent when they first started was bought and they were they had to basically be evicted, they had to switch to a different camp. So five years, two properties and COVID, and I think we were a part of the biggest week they've ever had, they're going to get bigger. God is doing something through the edge. And if you're like, oh man, I'm too old, I wish I was a teen, I wish I could go, they've got conferences for all ages. You would have fun. I will say an encouraging word to me, maybe a warning, but uh, Brother Carsley, who you uh, met here and heard him preach, he said they run all of their weeks the same as what we experienced. So you'll get to play maybe not the exact same games that you just saw, but maybe some of them. There's a couple of you I want to see play tube tug. I think a couple of you'd be tough on that inner tube pulling game. Uh, No injuries. It was just such a blessed week, but I mean, you can go on their website. You can look at different conferences they have. Love to see everyone go if that's something that God has for us. It was just an amazing opportunity. It's great to just get away, to unplug. I mean, they took these teens self, but well, we were the ones that got to be the bad guys, uh, take the, the teens' cell phones, and I heard at least one or two of them admitting by the end of the week they were glad they didn't have them. Uh, they were eager to get them back on the way home, but uh, they were glad they didn't have them because they could just focus on the fun and the uh, the meaning of camp. It was just such uh, such a blessed time. If you get the opportunity go to special preaching services. Brother Kurt Skelly, he's not old at all, but the older preacher that you saw up there, he's one of the speakers at the Makaira Men's Conference here in Fishersville. Pastor John talked about that this morning. If you've never heard Brother Kurt preach, you need to hear Brother Kurt preach. Uh, But just some of the challenges they faced even this week, we heard just a little bit about air conditionings breaking down like on Saturday, and it was as hot here as it was there, I think, (laughs) same temperature. But... uh, They face some of those little things, but then their speaker is someone who Miss Jen and I know, uh, Brother Tom Farrell, an evangelist that had cancer, God cured him, and it came back about a month ago. And so we saw that on Facebook, we've been praying for him, not sure what the Lord would have, and it was just a couple days before camp, I happened to be checking something on the camp website, and I saw that he was no longer listed as the speaker. Like, uh-oh. uh oh, that's not good. And I will say, I did see middle of the week from his son that I don't know personally, but he posted it on the, the Tom Farrell page on Facebook that uh, it was actually good. His, uh, it's a cancerous brain tumor, but it has a mutation in it i like, oh that sounds horrible, but apparently that mutation makes it specifically treatable with a certain type of chemo, so it was apparently a good thing. So just yet another good thing that God brought out of a challenging situation and God's plan winning out over the devils. But pray for Brother Tom Farrell if you think of it, but uh, at the same time I see the two speakers, and wouldn't you know it, we took the teens to the Awaken conference about a month ago. And it was the assistant pastor who was our team captain at that conference up in Fredericksburg and the senior pastor. Brother Kurt Skelly is the senior pastor at Faith Baptist Church up there in Fredericksburg. And Josh Venable is his assistant pastor. Both of them did such a phenomenal job, but it just so happened that these two guys that they could get to fill in on short notice would be two guys that our teens had already met, already heard from, already heard Brother Kurt preach a great message up there. And uh, you could just see God working in so many ways. The camp staff shared so many of those things. And it was just God's blessings before we even got there. And then throughout the week, I don't think I've ever seen an entire camp with such a good spirit. I really don't. I mean, our group had a great spirit, but uh, I mean, it was about 100 campers and about 100 degrees. I mean, it was hot. It was very, very warm. And those games, some of those were in the afternoon, all of them in the blazing sun that you saw. Just great attitudes throughout the week, very open to God's word. So we do thank you. Like Ashlyn mentioned on her video, and others said, thank you for making camp possible for our teens. Thank you for your part. I'm sure many of you, maybe all of you, prayed and it showed. Uh, just from travel things, just, just so many logistics came together so well, and above all, we just saw God work. And uh, as much as it's hard to shift to a message that really will tie in, but uh, could talk about and celebrate camp all night long, but that's really what we're doing in this message, looking at a kind of unique gardening title, but uh, pot-bound or growing? Uh, my wife has taught me most of what I know about plants. I uh, do not have a green thumb. I'm usually the guy digging with a shovel. Um, and uh, I can dig holes effectively. I don't kill plants if I dig holes for them. But uh, she did teach me that if your plant looks like that, with all those roots, maybe a little bit growing up, but not much, that you got if you're going to put it in the ground, you got to break up the roots so they can grow. And I'm sure you can see the application to us. But uh, hopefully, we're not allowing Satan to keep us pot bound where we're at. Hopefully, we're not allowing our own flesh, our own desires, our own comfort zone to stop us from growing. Sometimes, you know, you're planting a plant like that. You got to dig in with your fingers, rip the roots, break them out a little bit so they'll grow or else they'll stay right where they are and the plant will never get any bigger. Sometimes God's got to do that to us or we're going to stay right where we are. It's not just about not sinning. It's not just about being saved or coming to church. Great things to do. But it's about growing constantly, always. And we'll be in Hebrews 5 in just a moment. But I wanted to read the very next verse, Hebrews 6, 1, that we'll end with in a bit. It says, Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. Now, maybe you just got saved. Maybe someone watching just got saved, you know, watching online. That's awesome. Grow. Maybe you're like me and you've been saved for a while. I've been saved for about 31 years. That's longer than any of those teens have been alive. I'm old. I don't know. I mean, a couple of those camp games, I got to participate in two of them. A couple of those made me feel a little old. It was fun. But uh, anyway, I couldn't keep up with them as well as I probably used to be able to. But I've been saved for a while, and maybe that's you. And maybe the pot you're bound in, it's pretty good. It's not bad. It's coming to church. It's doing your best to not sin. But if we haven't grown in a while... I think it's time to allow the Holy Spirit to break up those roots a little bit in our lives and to help us to, to spread out a little more, to do more, to grow for Him more. Because God's got more for us to do. That's so much of what camp is about, so much of what things like the Macairo Men's Conference and VBS and so many activities we have here are about. That's so much what our daily relationship with God is about. Let's allow the Holy Spirit to search our lives and to show us any areas that we're trapping ourselves spiritually, keeping ourselves pot-bound instead of growing. The difference between us and a plant, we can grow anytime we choose, anytime we choose to allow God, anytime we're willing. But we'll never grow in an area we're comfortable with. You ever notice that? Even if it's sin, if you're good with it, you'll stay with it. But once you get, you ever just get so sick and tired of your sin that it didn't matter With God helping you, you are not going to be doing that anymore. Because you're like, okay, this is where I'm trapped. This is where I've been. This is where I keep going. Done. We saw some young people make decisions like that at camp. Maybe it's not even a sin. It's just a routine that leaves God out of it. It's a routine, a pot-boundedness that never involves witnessing. Like Pastor John preached a great message on this morning. It never involves being a fisher of men. We'll never grow where we're comfortable. We'll never grow in an area of our lives where we're telling God no. And maybe that's what this message this morning was about. And you know God wants you to witness to someone. You've been telling them no. And then wondering why things just seem a little stale between you and God. Doesn't feel like you're growing. Well, we can't grow when we're telling God no. We'll never grow in an area of our lives where God is second. Maybe we're not telling them no, but we're making sure the other things get done or prioritized first. We'll never grow in an area we think we know better. And we'll never grow in any area where we think we're good enough and don't need to grow. Let's be willing as we look the next few minutes, but even in the days ahead, to allow God to say, hey, this is an area you need to grow. Been comfortable here long enough. And that's one of the opportunities I love at camp is you step back from so much and you can just see your spiritual life in a new perspective. And one reason I just love to be under good preaching because every sermon gives you an opportunity to get God's view on those areas of your lives. And if there's anything that you or I have grown comfortable with that we shouldn't be, anything holding us back like that plant there, From growing. Let's allow God to show us how He wants to break those roots up, how He wants to get us growing again. Let's pray and we'll dig into Hebrews 5. Father God, thank you that you have a plan. You love us. You want us to keep growing. If we have Jesus as our Savior, you want us to spend the rest of our lives here on earth growing through the sanctification process, becoming more and more like you. If there's any area in my life, any area in any of our lives that we've stopped growing, we need to be growing. You're challenging us. We're trying to be comfortable, trying to do it our own way. I pray that you'll show us. And I pray that we'll uh, break out of that pot, so to speak. We'll allow you to break up those roots, break up anything in our lives that you need to, and do a great work in our lives. We thank you, and again, we thank you for what you did at camp. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So as we look through Hebrews 5, we'll start in verse 6 in just a moment, but uh, looking at several characteristics, I believe five of them, of pot-bound Christians. So I'm looking at it from the perspective of people who are saved, They're not bound by their sin for eternity in that sense. They've got freedom from that. But they're like so many Christians, and to be honest, they're like where I've been so many times where we're comfortable, we're good with where we're at, and God has so much more for it. I mean, the illustration of a plant, break up those plants, man, some of these plants just take off. Uh, You think of weeds that grow really fast, but I mean, some plants as well. You break up the roots, you get them what they need, they will just take off. And I think God has a taking-off work of growing us that he wants to do. Boy, I don't want to be in his way. So let's look at these characteristics. First of all, pot-bound Christians have hearing issues. Now, not physically, and I'm not at all demeaning the the challenges of physical hearing issues, but these are ones that can happen to any of us, no matter how our ears work. Pot-bound Christians have hearing issues. In verse 6 of Hebrews 5, it says, As he saith also in another place, Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. So already getting into some deep stuff. We heard some great preaching on Melchizedek from Pastor John in previous months. And so that's kind of giving us a running start here. Verse 7. Who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications, with strong crying and tears unto him, that was able to save him from death, and was heard... In that he feared. Though he were a son, yet learned learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. And being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. Called of God and high priest after the order of Melchizedek. Would you agree? Deep biblical truth. Challenging to understand. If you are sitting there and you're like, I've got the whole Melchizedek thing in the Bible down pat. I understand it forward back. You come talk to me afterward because I've never met anybody that feels like they got that doctrine completely down. And that's kind of the point. There's stuff in the Bible we've got to keep growing, keep digging in, keep diving into because it's challenging. But notice verse 11, of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing ye are hard or dull of hearing. So in other words, there's deeper stuff than what the audience had gotten, but the author knew they weren't going to get it because they were dull of hearing. It was going to stretch them. It was going to make them grow. It was going to push them beyond maybe their spiritual comfort zone, maybe their understanding, maybe digging deeper into the Bible and some of the more challenging passages than they'd ever been open to and into deeper biblical truth. And because they were dull of hearing, they missed out on so much. Being dull of hearing makes us unteachable. It was in our daily bread back in the 90s, this story was included. A man was having difficulty communicating with his wife. Now, guys, I know that's not true of any of you all, but uh, this guy was back in the 90s, had to dig back that far to find a guy, but uh, he was having a hard time communicating with his wife and concluded that she was becoming hard of hearing. So he decided to conduct a test without her knowing it. One evening, he sat in a chair on the far side of the room. Her back was to him, and she could not see him. Very quietly, he whispered, can you hear me? There was no response. Moving a little closer, he asked again, can you hear me now? Still no reply. Quietly, he edged closer and whispered the same words, but still no answer. Finally, he moved right in behind her chair and said, can you hear me now? To his surprise and embarrassment, she responded with irritation in her voice. For the fourth time, yes. <laughs> yeah. That, that would be more me, I would admit. But uh, sometimes we think God isn't hearing us, that he isn't responding, that he's like the wife there, that he isn't answering our prayers And it's us who need to listen to him to see what he's doing and to be willing to grow. Being dull of hearing makes us unteachable. It also makes us miss out. Boy, at camp, Brother Carsley, he shared so many of those things that uh, God had done, that he had a plan. Imagine if Brother Carsley, I think you met Brother Kerry, the camp director that was here as well, and so many great young people that are working at this camp. We met others who are counselors now, and imagine if it was just too difficult, and they didn't want to hear it about the AC breaking down, or they didn't want to hear about a camp sponsor. Uh, and I believe it was in a previous week, a couple of campers had to go home with COVID, and a couple of counselors I think our entire week there, two young men, two counselors, college-age students were in a room the entire time, a hotel-style room, because they couldn't do the ministry they were there to do because they had been exposed to COVID from a camper. No fault of theirs. And they were healthy. They were doing fine. I think they had tested positive. But they couldn't be doing what they had hoped to do. And if you know anything about camp, finding quality young people to counsel and to do those ministries is challenging. There were so many things they could have said, no, I I don't want to hear it. I don't want to deal with it. We're giving up. God, you've done too much. Imagine they they found a property, and I won't tell the whole story, but uh, they found a property about five years ago, and uh, it was actually rented to them for $10, this $4 million property. Uh, Brother Carsley handed the $10 bill to the lady. She handed it back. She wouldn't even take it. And so they start doing camp. They start having some adult conferences, great things, and then the camp sells. They've got to have $4 million in a month or it's going to be sold. Nobody doing anything wrong, but they could have given up. They could have said, this is too much, God. We're done. They could have been dull of hearing and missed out on what he was doing. Let's always look for what God is doing. Sometimes it, is, it involves some challenging things. And our passage, the example with Melchizedek, I mean, that's a challenging doctrine, and I've heard it taught and preached well, and so I've got a lot better handle on it than I used to, but there's deeper truth that God has for us, but if we only want to hear what we want to hear, if we only want to hear that we're good where we are, we're going to miss out on so much. I don't want that to be you. I don't want that to be me. Oh, the Edge has this on a wall. I think it's up on the picture. People everywhere might be hard to read, but I'll read it to you. People everywhere are on the edge of making life-changing, eternal decisions. Share God's Word so they can make the right one. And that's a lot of their philosophy. They want to help young people. They want to help adults. They had kids camp this year, two weeks and all. Uh, I believe Pastor John mentioned that this morning. They want to help people make that right decision. God wants to help us to grow, help us at those crossroads in our lives where we can stay where we are or even go backward, or we can move forward and grow to make the right decision. Let's be people who share that with others and who apply it to our lives as well. Pot bound Christians, they have hearing issues. But secondly, pot bound Christians just take when they should be able to also give. It's verse 11, Hebrews 5, or excuse me, verse 12 says, For when the time, for when for the time ye ought to be teachers, You have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. Growing Christians can make an impact. They can give to those around, not just take. Story goes that a young pastor in Ohio also worked at a feed processing plant in order to make ends meet. Each night when he went home, his boys would look at him and say, boy, dad, you sure are dusty. He would grumble to himself, but then smile and say, yes, I sure am dusty. One Saturday morning, as he was washing his car, he looked over and saw his oldest son, four years old at the time, begin to pick up small stones from the driveway and rub them all over his pants. The father asked, what are you doing? I want to be dusty like you, dad, came the reply. As the pastor was telling the story, he said, at that time, I realized that if a son would look up to his father for being dusty, he would look up to dad for anything. What a responsibility. You might be like, yeah, I'm a dad, my kids are grown, or I'm not a dad, I'm not a mom, or I am, you know, whatever you are, there are people who look up to you. It's amazing. You look at it in funny ways at camp. I bet you if you ask some of these teens, would you would you want to paint your face? If you asked them that a week ago, you know, for like if I asked them, like, no, I'm not painting my face. You get a cool college kid who's their counselor, and you get everybody else painting their faces, you saw the face paint. It did wash off pretty well, parents, so. Uh, Sammy's saying no. I think, yeah, Sammy did have a little bit. Yeah, the one eyebrow was a little blue for a little bit, but uh, a lot of fun, silly example. But boy, people will look up to us in so many ways and will imitate us in so many ways. We, We always tell the teens that the kids in the church are looking up to them, but I bet you they have people their same age that are looking up to them. What a chance we have to not only take from people And we need people pouring into us spiritually, but to also give. To not only be taught, but to teach others also. And for some of us next week, that'll be standing before a class and teaching at VBS. For some of you today, this morning, you were teaching in a class in in Sunday school. But all of us can teach through our example, through our words, through our witness. We have so many opportunities to show people the right way. I'll put it this way. I guarantee you there are many young people Considering this Christian college or that Christian college because that's where some college-age students who were willing to give up a week for, I'm sure, very low pay to work at camp this summer and to just be an example to them. That's where they go to college. So they're willing to consider whether that's God's will or not. They're willing to do whatever, even if it's difficult, to be the only one to stand for God. Because a pastor named Kurt Skelly was being willing to use be, to be used by God to come in a week where he had VBS scheduled at his church. They actually, unfortunately, had to stop it partway through because of COVID. Everybody's fine. But uh, they had 600 kids come the first day. Yeah, apparently uh, traffic backed up and backed up and backed up. So uh, if you see 11 traffic backed up next week, that we'd 600. It'll just be great. But uh, at the same time, because those people were willing to not only be poured into spiritually themselves, but willing to teach others, willing to pour into others as well. We've got young people, we've got all of us, I was blessed, who are able to be poured into there. We need to be willing to move past the basics. I tell you, anytime I teach children or teens, I can still benefit. I still am convicted. It'll be the most simple lesson that I'm about to teach to a pod, like I got to speak at some this year, you know, on David and Goliath, one I've known since I was, you know, a wee little guy. But God will still speak to me. But I sure hope I've moved beyond just the basics. Now I've not mastered them. I can still benefit from going back to those basics—that milk, that sincere milk of the word. But boy, we need to move past the basics and dig deeper than that, as uh, Hebrews 5:12 says: For when the time, when for the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which was the first principles of the oracles of God. Boy, I sure hope. It's not where I'm taking in an area where I shouldn't be pot bound. I should be growing. I should be busting out and helping others. And instead, I'm just needing that that milk, that basics, just needing to be poured into myself. Let's move past the basics and help others. And spiritual growth and strength really requires growing beyond the basics. Imagine the physical weakness that would come from switching back to nothing but formula from a bottle. You do it for a week. Do it like a you know, video blog. on, you know, Put it on Facebook. We'll all watch your your, your story as you, uh, yeah. Um, some parents try their, their baby's formula and that sort of thing. I never did. That just, I don't know. You can tell me stories later if that was you. But you get the picture. We would be so weak. We would not have the physical strength. And if we're just skimming the surface of the Bible, not wanting anything that steps on our toes, not wanting anything that says, hey, where you're at, that's a good start, but you got to go beyond that, if we're not wanting that, We're starving to death spiritually, just like a pot-bound plant, or just like a teenager, an adult, drinking nothing but milk, not having any of the meat. (laughs) Remember when Brooklyn was a baby, she really wasn't interested in food for a long time. She wanted milk. She still loves milk, but uh, she's thankfully grown beyond it, and she was that kid. Maybe you had that kid. She was that kid. The one she finally started eating food, solid food, when she was about five, no, it was, wasn't, that, wasn't that long, but uh, when she was a little older than we wished, that, I mean, she'd sleep better. She'd be more satisfied. It helped her physically. If you're a parent, you can maybe relate to that as well. Boy, we should be people that take the meat of the word. It's harder to digest. We'll talk about that more in a minute. It takes more effort. It takes more work. We should be willing to take the meat of the word and digest it, and grow physically, and grow spiritually, excuse me. Because pot-bound Christians just want to take, but we should also be able to give and teach others also. Next, pot-bound Christians don't develop spiritual skills. Now, we're talking about Christians. People have their faith in Christ, but they never take the time to grow beyond where they are to develop the skills to do what God has for them. The next verse, verse 13 of Hebrews 5 says, For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. We need to be skillful, not unskillful. Skills take development. Maybe you listened to Pastor John's message this morning and you thought to yourself, I could never witness because I don't even know how. Okay, be willing to learn. That's good. If you're willing and unable, God can use that. Absolutely. There are a lot of people who have no skill at something. Just a willingness. They just say, yes, God. God's got all the skills we ever could need. He'll provide. So maybe that's you right now. You're like, man, I want to invite the world to VBS next week. I don't even know where to start. The teens and I are going to be passing out some flyers tomorrow. You're welcome to come join us several other times this week as well. It's a great place to start. You know people. You can say, hey, you should come to this and hand them a flyer. Obviously, you can do it with more skill than that. And I know many of you have great witnessing skills developed, and God's used you in great ways. But I know a children's pastor, he's retired now, but he always constantly wanted to be learning some new skill, to be able to share God's Word more effectively with children. Now, he was doing things that would engage children's attention. He'd learn magic tricks. He'd learn how to make balloon animals. and He can make some crazy stuff. I'll tell you his website later if you want to see it, but he can make anything. But uh, he learned how to make engaging PowerPoint videos and, and other videos and uh, good music to use. He just always wanted to be learning more skills, more human skills, developing talents to be able to be more engaged in God's Word. And how many of us never even take the time to develop the skills needed to just study the Bible, to just share our faith, to just do the necessary next step things in our Christian lives. Let's be willing to put in the work to develop spiritual skills and grow beyond where we're at. Pot-bound Christians don't develop spiritual skills. Pot-bound Christians also don't put the effort into digesting life biblically. Kind of touched on that already. We'll go quickly. But verse 14 says, But strong meat, that deep stuff of the Word that can be challenging to digest, but so rich, so meaningful, so spiritually filling. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Full age is needed to digest meat. And I'm not saying an age as in you've been saved this long or you're this old, spiritually speaking, but you've allowed God to grow you past a certain point. That is needed to digest meat. I think you all know this, but don't give a newborn steak. Again, you get the illustration, I imagine. They'd choke if they got it down. You're in for an interesting next couple of hours as they try to digest that. It's not going to go well. They're not of full age physically. I've known of people who have been saved a very short amount of time, and they were in so many ways of a fuller age spiritually than others who had been saved decades but stayed pot-bound. Never developed their spiritual skills, never allowed God to grow them. I mean, the Apostle Paul, not that I know him personally, I wish, but you think of him. He was not saved long, and he was working on winning the world for Christ, allowing God to use him in so many ways. We need to be willing to digest life biblically, and that can be anything from a family struggle. Okay, God, this is what I think, and I think I'm right and they're wrong, or this or that. What do you say? Boy, I don't want to do that. I, I just want this to be easy, God. I want to hear they're wrong and they need to fix it. No, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to toughen up. This is going to be hard to digest, but I'm going to dig into your word. This might be, wow, I was right. My boss was wrong, but I'm, I'm going to digest that biblically. I'm going to see what you have. Seems like this is going wrong, God. I don't understand it, but I bet you you got something deeper for me to learn here. Let's be willing to do that. Use or practice Development is needed to digest meat spiritually. The verse said about by reason of use. You can't run a marathon on day one of training. Some of you are like, I could be on day 4,326 and I couldn't run a marathon. I'm with you. Uh, we, uh, Jen and I did a half marathon several years ago and uh, we made it through. I mean, I didn't win. I wasn't fast, but we, we completed it. It was actually kind of fun. I mean, it really was. And a lot of people are like, you're going to keep going and train for the fool? I'm like, No. I think I ran that half marathon and didn't run an inch for like months. I mean, I was good. But I mean, you can build up and you might be like, there's no way physically I could run a marathon. Maybe me either. I've never even tried. But spiritually, we start at wherever you are. You start right here. Allow God to start having you not skip over the tough passages, not skip over what you don't understand, but ask your pastor, ask others, dig in, ask the Holy Spirit to show you, wrestle through what does the Bible say about this issue in my life? Yeah, you might not be ready to run a spiritual marathon today, but God will grow you. One day, one week at a time. If you're going to train for a marathon, I've been told, at a, a mile a week. Just every week, run a mile farther. That sounds so easy. I'm not saying I could do it. But let's add add to what we're doing. The Bible talks about adding to your faith in so many things. Let's, let's be willing to not gloss over the tough parts of life, to not go our own way when life gets tough, but to dig into what God has. It also mentions about senses exercised to discern. Let's be people, let's be Christians who more and more we can notice where things are headed. Because we've been there. We've seen, okay, that person, what they're doing may not be sinful, but that's not someone my children should be hanging out with. That's not someone I should be close with because they're headed a wrong direction. There was this, I believe it was an egret bird at camp in the pond. Um, That was their beautiful pond. I think it was in the video briefly. But it was every day. That thing was just hanging out in the pond around a whole bunch of frogs. One day I saw it eat a frog. I'm sure every day that thing had breakfast, lunch, and dinner on frogs. Frogs didn't move away from it necessarily. They just let it hang out. Danger was right there, and I don't even think most of the frogs even knew it. They were just croaking and croaking. Let's be Christians who exercised our senses. Let's be Christians who dig into digesting life biblically so that we can tell what... uh, is right and wrong. We can discern those things. And lastly, potbound Christians, this kind of sums it all up, potbound Christians want to stay where they are. They want to. Maybe they wouldn't say it out loud. Maybe you wouldn't. Maybe I wouldn't. And I've been that Christian at different points in my life. I was just trying to just cruise, just trying to stay where I was. Those are some miserable times. I'll just tell you, I don't always realize that that's why I'm miserable at those points in my life. Maybe you've been there. But that's no way to live. Have you ever had it where, man, it just seems like God's showing you something new from his word every day, and you're just growing? Those are exciting times. You ever watch that in someone else's life? That's awesome. to That's camp. That, but that's just awesome to see. What a privilege for us, for others. Let's be people who are growing, and we can help others grow like with what God's challenging us about. Let's not be comfortable where we are. We're going to look at Hebrews 6.1, where we started. It says, therefore, leaving... The principles of the doctrine of Christ. Not that the principles of the doctrine of Christ are bad. They're the foundation of what we believe. That's our salvation. But we should go beyond that. That's the start. Let's go beyond it. Leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ. Let us go on unto perfection. We'll never make it to perfection this side of heaven. But we can keep becoming more and more like our Savior every day. I've heard it said that uh, we owe a debt to Christ that uh, we could never repay. But that doesn't mean we can't make some down payments. Doesn't mean we can't keep growing like him, keep doing what we can in our lives to thank him. We can't stay where we are. We don't know enough about our great Savior. We need to learn more of him. Uh, The camp t-shirt, and I think we've got a picture up there, uh, put it very simply. uh, Dylan, that's your back, just in case you were wondering, but uh, just the camp t-shirt there. But it's uh, God's plan is greater than mine. It's what we've talked about in so many ways in our Sunday school curriculum. And it's so many times what... uh, was in, uh, challenged us in camp. One of the teens even came up and pretty much said that to me at one point in camp. Realizing that God's got more. We, we should, yes, enjoy the life God blesses us with, but realize he's got more for us and grow beyond it and keep moving forward. We can't stay where we are because we don't live enough like our Savior. We can't stay where we are because we've got too much to do for our Savior enjoyed Pastor John's message this morning. It reminds me of the fact that we need an outlet. We need to be investing in others. We need to be witnessing, sharing our faith. It's like another, one more plant illustration. Miss Jen had me drill a hole in one of her pots, plastic pot, the other day, because that plant was dying because it was getting water. It's been hot this summer. It needs water. We need the Word of God. We need to be at church, but like Pastor John said, that, that's basically intake. We, we need outflow. We need to leave the church and go tell others that plant needed an outflow of water, it was going to drown. I think a lot of us are pot bound at times and not growing because we've got so much we're taking in, but we're not doing anything with it. Let's not only have intake, let's have outflow. Classic example is the Dead Sea. I'll say this and we'll be done very soon. But uh, the Dead Sea has intake. It's the Jordan River that flows into it, flows into it, brings sediments, brings salt. Some of you might buy Dead Sea salt. I don't, I don't know if it tastes better. Y'all let me know later. But uh, Dead Sea minerals, if it lets you like live to be 184, then go for it. Let me know. Maybe you found the secret of youth from Dead Sea minerals like some people look for. But uh, it has intake, 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 but no outflow. Apparently you can float. On it because it's so thick it's so dead that was where Miss Jen's plant was headed and that is where it's so easy for us as Christians to head where we are dying not because we're not getting input but because we're not doing anything with it we're not growing so many plants if they don't grow they die they've got to grow they've got to get that nourishment they've got to have more leaves to get more Sun more roots to get more nourishment We grow so often by not staying where we are, allowing God to stretch us, and allowing God to use us to to impact others. Abraham Lincoln once asked a group, how many legs, you can think along this uh, with me, how many legs would a sheep had if it called his tail a leg? The deputation promptly answered, five. No, said Lincoln, it would not. It would only have four. Calling a tail a leg does not make it a leg. We can call our lifestyles growing, but we know whether they are or not. We, we can say we're, we're fulfilling the Great Commission. We're being fishers of men, but we know whether we're not, whether we are or whether we're not. We can say we're doing what we know we're supposed to do, but we know whether we are or not. Well, let's not call a tail a leg. Let's change in any way that God shows us. Potbound Christians, they want to stay where they are. Let's be Christians who aren't content with where we are. And I'm sure there's a variety of spiritual levels all around this room. Been saved for varying amounts, allowed God to do this and that in your life. No matter where you are spiritually, let's keep growing. No matter where I am spiritually, I want to keep growing. Not become a pot-bound Christian, but allow God to grow me, and then grow me more, and then grow me more, and then impact others, and allow God to do the work He has, and He wants to do through me. Let's pray. Father God, again, we praise you. It was you that worked at camp, just even from things like safety on the way down and the way back, and the teens who were able to come, and uh, just so many things. Getting us speakers we were already familiar with, and how you prepared their hearts. But God, you did so much, and we praise you for every decision made. I believe it was 22 young people, maybe even more, that accepted you as Savior. Over 100 individual decisions, and you were at work. We praise you for that. You're at work in this church. We praise you for that. You have more you want us to do. You have more things to teach us. Some of it's hard to read in your word. It's hard to understand. It's hard to digest. But I pray that we'll be willing to put in the effort to allow you to show us how you want us to grow. (laughs) Breaking up roots probably wouldn't be too much fun if a plant could talk. It'd probably say that that's a little painful. And sometimes you got to break up our pot-bound roots in our spiritual lives. And it might hurt. It might be challenging. But it's what's necessary for growth. What's necessary for us to be able to impact others, and I pray that we'll allow you to do it. Thank you. We pray for the week ahead getting ready for VBS and many doing so many things at work and just different things. I pray that you'll use us this week. In Jesus' name I excuse me, in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You are-